Welcome to Obuleti Oromo Women's Network monthly webinar and podcast. Our conversations are based on topics and issues that are prevalent in the Oromo community, especially pertaining to women. The podcasts are based on recorded monthly webinars led by leaders in our community. These podcasts are meant to attend to the education component of Obuleti's mission. If you're interested in learning more, please contact us via our website, email, and or social media networks. Webinar resources can be found on our website at obolati.org slash webinars. Um, today, the person who will be hosting our webinar is Rami. She is um, a wonderful individual. Um, she is an advocate in our community and works in um, several avenues, whether it is from Oswana to OMN um, and, and different other areas that I couldn't honestly tell you um, what they all are. Um, she's also a fashion designer. Um, and today she will be talking about, I think, her specific experiences um and then we'll be answering questions at the end for you all hi everyone thanks for coming uh, my name is rami i am a local fashion designer here in the twin cities and i'm also um i consider myself a professional volunteer in the normal community so uh, thank you so much for joining us today i really do appreciate you so um my hope and, and dream is uh I hope one little Oromo girl um, can see that there's different avenue uh, where Oromo women can excel. Um, I always say follow your dreams and I know the medical field is what our family inspire us to be and unfortunately I'm the biggest letdown in mine. I have decided to study fashion. It's always been my passion. Um, I've also noticed there's like an area where our community is not quite familiar with, um, but I did, I was being a very good Oromo daughter by studying accounting at the University of Minnesota. That was never where my heart was, so I uh, took a leap of faith and went to a fashion school. Um, my journey with fashion really started in a younger age. Um, but there was not a room for, for me to just to grow in the fashion industry. So as you know, as an immigrant um, in Minnesota, uh, that's just not a priority. But I noticed when I, I think I was about 15, 16, um, there was uh, quite a few of our women in our community who were getting married and have always felt some type of way about our community um, wanting to to dress in what, what was considered fashionable or fancy, um, they would always choose either Indian attire or um, the, you know the white dress or even sometimes like Middle Eastern attire for their big day. And I've always had issues with that. Um, so uh, one in particular, I went to this Oromo wedding, which her dad was a prominent um Oromo politician who've sacrificed his life um and his daughter was getting married um and she came out wearing an Indian outfit and not only that they even had girgira with like uh, libaneta which is just like some sort of incense which is not our culture 
And I, I felt really, I felt really, really sad at that moment. And I knew that our culture was not being shined, even a younger age of, I think I was 15 at that time. So the following year, my cousin got married and I started the trend uh, of using um, high quality fabrics such as Indian hand embroidered ivory fabric and turning it into sadeta. And I started that trend and as you can see now has um, evolved into something, not to say I've invented it, I definitely introduced it to the Minnesota community. And after that, I've seen a lot more people asking me to help them. So I've always been involved in the bridal business. And then um, I started my own event planning company when I was 17. And that did very well until I was like in my mid twenties. Um, but I knew um, when I got a professional job as an accountant working for the city of Minneapolis, and I was also, um, you know, transitioning uh, between my faith and fashion. I mean, I, you know, I never, I, it was never, uh, money was never an issue for me. I would spend whatever amount of money that I could to get quality fabric and to look fashionable. Um, when I worked in it for the city, spent tons, still do, on shoes. Um, but when I was transitioning to, to, to a professional life and then I was starting wearing hijab, I had issues with finding a proper attire to, to go to work, to go to parties and so on and so forth. So that modest uh, fashion was non-existent. So if you do wanna look fashionable, it would be something from the Middle East. Uh, but you know, living in Minnesota, as most of you know, you can be wearing abaya in the middle of, you know, negative zero weather. So finding a fabric, finding outfits that's proper to wear for the weather here in the US. And also, how do I balance my fashion, the love of fashion that I have with my faith, as well as my culture? So finding a balance. Um, so what I've done, I consciously, like whenever I would get invited to a wedding, I would choose a region and I would, you know, merchandise it up, hijabify it, and I would make our traditional clothing look nice. So I remember back in 2013, I was wearing Wello outfits, uh, which by the way, cost me almost $300 because all Wello outfits, uh, unfortunately, the Amhara region has so much influence over it. Everything Wello, they would start making it with cross on it. Now, as a Muslim, right, and Wello is usually 90% of them are actually Muslim. Um, but there's a huge influence on the, uh, the Amhara culture and the Orthodox religion that every single Wello outfit that will come from the Wello area would come with with a cross. So I had to pay extra money to get it done into a flower, which then I wore it to normal wedding, which I kind of like modified it, wore it with some orange high heels and dressed it up. And everybody at the wedding was like, why would you wear an Amara culture? This is not a Roman culture. So I like almost like an education to most people now. Um, so that's one. So like my fashion uh, whenever I'm around Oromo area, I really wanted to bring like Oromo cultural clothes can look 
fashionable. So that was kind of like my journey. Um, in terms of fashion school, you know, having having a, a degree from the University of Minnesota and having a credit was easy for me to 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 transfer. So when I officially decided to go fashion school was uh, there's definitely a need in our community. And I said to myself, okay, so how do I bring my passion for fashion, my love, of my culture, my love of my faith and modest clothes, how do I bring all that together? So I decided to open a boutique actually and then did a little business plan and I start researching. Um, I did research almost for two years. What I found out was that in order for me to make the clothing, I would have to hire somebody to make the clothes for me. Um, in order for me to resource fabrics, then I would have to learn the language of manufacture. And if I need to manufacture clothing, I would need to pay someone to draw it for me and also to submit the orders so the, draft, the materials can be made. Uh, because uh, A, I didn't see any clothing or fabrics um, from our cultural wear that was uh, uh, quality enough. So I wanted to manufacture it. Um, and then I didn't want to go order just random clothing from China and sell it. So I looked into possibly um, going into fashion school and learning it. And I'll tell you what, that was the best decision I've ever made in my life. Um, fashion school, not only I had a great opportunity to meet an amazing friends like Samantha, but I, it also opened up my eyes. Uh, it opened up my eyes that I've like possibilities that I've never thought. I think that's the power of education. And um, I learned so much. Uh, I don't want to get into the little tedious things, but you know, how to think as an artist, right? Um, how to respect other people's work. Um, what's a proper way of getting an inspiration and then making it your own to even learning about myself and how I want to um, express myself as a fashion designer. Um, and also, uh, you know, learning the balance between faith and fashion and building a bridge between it um, so that I don't lose my identity as a Muslim or I'm not out here trying to represent every Muslim in the world, but me, Rami, and in the eyes of Rami, this is what I, this is what I think modesty is. Um, so, you know, learning that balance for sure. Um, so I've learned a lot. Um, so I didn't have to take some of the general classes, which saved me a whole lot of time. Um, so I was able to go, you know, four year program into two years. So that two years, I learned so much into the manufacture of clothing to color to to everything. So, but since I wasn't in my eight, you know, my teen years, I was already in my mid twenties at this point. I kind of knew what I wanted to do. So, I spoke to the career advisor that was at the Art Institute. Um, and saw how their program was going. And she made it very clear to me that I would have to be a full-time student. So right there and then I was, I had to make a decision saying I had to quit my full-time job with full benefit working for the city of Minneapolis 
um, to quit that and start all over again. So imagine in my mid twenties, I was already a letdown as a formal family because you're not married in your mid twenties. Um, and uh, I decided to go to fashion school. Um, and so I took that leap of faith and the advantages of me you know, going to fashion school, I really worked for my advantage, like I said, was I was old enough and wanting to know ex clearly what I wanted to do. So it really helped me that I know when you're young, it's it's difficult to do, but that's why it's so important to do, to do the, um, the two-year um, general courses and then finding out what you're passionate about. So I clearly know what I wanted to do. So I asked the career advisors, which I, I think in every major, I say, abuse the hell out of your career resource people because they're there to do that. So I would, I went to her office. I said, listen, I want to become the top students. I want employers to know who I am. Uh, what do I need to do? So she said, Rami, um, these are what you need to do. What you need to do is graduate with a good grade. I need to do your internship. Um, you also need to participate in all <clears throat> the fashion competitions in the Twin Cities. So right there and then I knew what my goals are, which is to graduate with good grade, to go ahead and have a best internship, and to also participate in these fashion competitions. So I was lucky enough to um, go do, get those information and I joined the right student organizations that would uh, keep me up. And like I said, I went to an art school. So we always have like a mini competition within the school itself, but they also help us prepare for other big competition around town. Um, so, I, and I'm a very competitive person. I think Meadow knows that. Um, so I competed literally everything in Minneapolis that's fashion related. Um, and I won every single of them. So that definitely built up my confidence to, to say, is my art good enough? It is because every time that I win, I would say, uh-huh. So people are liking what I'm making. So that really built up my confidence. Um, because when I, like I say, when I started, I was saying I'm going to serve my community, that little Oromo community. But then it kind of brightened, run my horizon saying, oh, I could actually do the entire Minnesota. And I said, oh my goodness, actually, this could be something that could technically, there's only 6 billion Muslims in, uh, in around the world, but there's about to 28 to 30 million Muslims in America. So I said to myself, I can cater to them. And and just the diaspora community in terms of clothing. But now by the time I finished art school, I was able to dream even bigger, possibly uh, taking over in Anoromia, which then I did my research. There's literally nobody in, in Oromia, let alone in Ethiopia that actually does fashion from there's not like a professional fashion designer who actually gone to an institution and getting education that's really sad uh, i didn't felt to be to do that and and i hope this would be changed soon i hope more 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 women will um venture into fashion because 
we need more women. Clearly, I can't be the only one. And I want more girls to feel empowered and to really go for fashion. Hopefully, it's something they're passionate about, not necessarily to make money. But if that's their passion, I would love to see more women joining this industry because at this moment, I think there's me and, and I know there's younger. Her name is Boney. She's currently in fashion school who's going there. Um, yeah, so those those are the steps that I did to, to get where I am. Uh, some of the challenges that I am facing, unfortunately, um, there's quite a few things that are working against me. Um, the current political climate is not helping. Um, but also, I have got, I've applied over 20 jobs. I've actually 22 jobs as of this morning. I applied to more jobs. Um, I've gotten re 19 rejection letters from the fashion industry here in the Twin Cities. Uh, for some odd reason, I don't feel like I wanted to branch out to other states. Um, not at that point in my life where I want to relocate. I really want to stay in Minnesota. Um, there are tons of companies who are in, in fashion, who, including Target Corporation, who um, get a lot of their employees from overseas, apparently. And there's also a lot of private companies here in the Twin Cities who um, manufacture clothing. But I was not lucky enough to get those jobs. Um, you know, someday my resumes, like I said, my I graduated with honor in fashion school. Um, and like I said, I've won every single competition in the Twin Cities and I got a very good internship, which gave me a lifetime experience. And with all that in mind, I am not still the perfect candidate. I'm not really sure what they're looking for. Um, the fashion industry here in the Twin Cities is very small. So the same girls that I've beaten in competition are the same girls in the lobby waiting to be interviewed at, at these jobs, at these uh, fashion design jobs. And unfortunately, none of them look like me. Um, and so, like I said, we're, I know those girls, we all know each other. The industry is very small. Uh, we would go to job interviews. Uh, my initial screening goes very well. When we meet in person, it's a different story. I'm not sure if it's, if the hijab aspect of it playing a big role, if um, my complexion is a problem, or maybe my accent as an African. I'm not really sure what it is, but um, I have gotten 19 rejection letter. And one, one woman in particular, um, I went through the phone screening and she was in love with me. She was like, oh my God, your, your work is amazing. I can't wait till you meet the um, art director and our team. You fit right in. And she's telling me be our dog and blah, blah, blah. And Samantha remembers the story. And then I went to the job, you know, face to face interview. And I'm sitting in the lobby. She walked passed me and came back again and she said are you from me and I said yes I'm Rami she said oh when I spoke to you on the phone I really thought you were from the valley so you know you you can't roll your eyes or roll your neck and and call her names or anything like that I just you know I was so shocked and did not know how to respond back 
Um, I'm sure you all know what a valley girl looks like. Um, I'm not a blue-eyed, blonde-haired girl from California. So she was shocked um, to notice that a short, kind of chubby, um, hijabi standing in front of her. And she couldn't comprehend that I was able to accomplish all the what was in front of her. So those are some of the struggles that I've faced in the Twin Cities and I'm still facing. I haven't yet gotten a job where to work in the fashion industry per se, but I never let that stop me. Uh, thank God I am busy in terms of a lot of custom work. Um, I've done because of the competitions that I've won, um, it gave me access and it opened a lot of doors. So I've met some really generous people in the fashion industry in the Twin Cities. Um, I've done lots of shows and a lot of my stuff was being um, featured in a local magazine. Um, I participate in events. I, I'm making my business to showcase and to go and support other artists around town to also go to events and put myself out there so I will you know, of course, with my faith intact, without losing who I am, I would go to fashion fashion events and represent who I am. Network. Networking is everything. And people start becoming familiar with me. Um, going in, like I said, we have in Minnesota what it's called Minnesota Fashion Week. Um, and I have done literally lots of shows for free. Uh, where I, literally, I have a, like a full-time job. I work some in the retail world and I come home and I create pieces. Um, because of that, I was fortunate enough to dress local celebrities, um, local business women, women who hire me to make them pieces for their events. Um, also here in normal community also, I, I was able to create bridal wear, um, uh, lots of custom work. So that made it super easy for me. Um, I'm still booked for the bridal industry. So lots of opportunities definitely showed off. And then this past September, it was actually Minnesota Fashion Week. And um, I've gotten a couple of sponsors um, and some very generous people helped me out. And Samantha was one of them who helped me uh, produce my own first show here in the Twin Cities. And from the get-go, because of the ground, because of the what I did, the groundwork, all the hustle that I've done for the past two and a half years really helped me out. So I've gotten the biggest um, advertising from a local magazines saying, you know, one of the top five shows to watch out for. And I was also lucky enough to be um, to be featured in a local CBS show and to promote my event, which was a very big deal. Um, so it's, it's, uh, it's, it was definitely, I haven't had a, the time to sit back and um, see all the works that I've done and all the sacrifices that I've made and all the accomplishment. All, it's always been, what do I need to do next? How do I, how do I uh, be better? How do I make sure uh, I do things in quality work? How do I be noticed? How do I get more clients? How do, how do I, but 
all the time, all this time, I'm being hard on myself. I never, you know, it's very important for us sometimes to look back and see what you've accomplished. Um, within a year of graduating, I was getting, you know, I had my work um, uh, in front of uh, a cover of a local magazine, um, dressed the who's the most important people in Minnesota in the fashion industry. I was able to dress them for an event. Um, so I was really active, very active in this industry. And for them to notice my talent, to make it their business, to, to say one of the top shows to attend in Minnesota this summer, that was a big accomplishment. But I wasn't able to like step back and enjoy that moment because that also added so much pressure, right? Um, and I have to, I really wanted my show for September to represent me as Rami. Uh, also where I come from and, um, and also show my talent and then my design. So finding the balance So the title was Warm Winter Night and Finfinne. It's the city I was born in and what would it be like in my head a uh, young girl on her wedding week, uh, what would she be wearing during the day and all the way to um, what her husband would wear, what would her traditional wedding will be. And so it's my own little fantasy world of Finfinne. And I was able to create a 30 piece collection and um, I'm sure hopefully you guys saw it. Um, it was a lot of hard work, but it turned out really, really pretty. And because of that, I was able to get the local fashion to notice me, all the bigger uh, publications. So uh, I was lucky enough to, to be featured at one of the biggest shows in Minnesota, which is Fashion Apple. It's over, I don't know, 700 to 800 people were attending. These are, you know, $200 to $300 ticket kind of an event. And for them, it's run by the uh, Minneapolis St. Paul magazine. So it's almost like the Vogue of Minnesota, so to speak. And for them to choose my work to be shown in that fashion show is a big accomplishment. And it, it was truly, I don't know, looking back and just thinking about it, that was one of the highlights of, of my life. But that did not just happen because they saw my work. I also put on some work. When I did my show, I made sure to hand deliver an invitation to the Minneapolis St. Paul magazine editor. Samantha and I went to their office, knocked the door. We were expected to mail in our invitation, but I wanted them to put a face on that on my show so I literally we walked into their office knocked their door and said hi I'm Rami I had not have an appointment but I'm here to invite you to my show because I knew those people are very important I needed them to notice me um so you know what not only did they did they come to my show not only did they include me into their fashion show they were so intrigued and they were so impressed how we ran our show, how well, how well it was organized. 
um, and that it was a totally a new perspective, a new way of showing uh, fashion in the Twin Cities, they were so intrigued. Uh, they're actually doing a full one page or a couple of page cover on their uh, no, December issue. So that came from not fitting in the fashion industry box, but, but also being different, right? So it's a totally a new perspective. I never wanted to lose my Muslim identity for sure. And definitely I needed to show my Oromo identity and putting the Oromo culture on the front and just to say, yes, our culture is cool enough, just like everybody else. We have new perspective. We have new way of looking at things and also showing like Oromo women can get up here and we can do it in a quality work, which I think currently just looking at the fashion that's coming out of Oromia, that's from from where we had historically to where it is now, it's definitely a big deal. And there are local brands that are coming up, but I think one thing I noticed throughout is the lack of quality, right? Like the lack of fit. So inshallah, one of the things I would like to work on or maybe um, um, emphasize on the importance of education because I think a lot of people are joining the Oromo fashion scene right now in means of making money, but I wish people can see it more than that. Seeing it as more of, um, it's an art, it's a form of art, it's a form of uh, expressing yourself, but when you do do it, anything Oromo related needs to be done professionally. I think there are brands like um, Oromo, Oromo Wear, uh, which is uh, another sister of ours. Um, she, uh, her name is, oh God, I blanked. Uh, she's from Canada. Um, she makes these like, I don't know if you guys can see me on your camera, but she makes these really wonderful bracelets. There's Oromo on it. She's another one who has very good quality. Lemmy, her name is Lemmy. Hopefully you can have her next. She um, does an amazing graphic design and she sources her work, but she's also another designer that's bringing um, very quality work. And another one I'm very impressed with is another kid from, um, from Canada and his uh, clothing line is called, I think, Blisuma. And his ability, I, was, I remember seeing one of his jersey. Uh, we always see these Oromo clothing, but they're just like overly designed, right? Like just throw on some Oda and throw on some Oromia word and, and without it, like using the, the rules and regulations of art trade. Um, not me, it's not made with an intention. They're quickly to make them in, in China or online, trying to make money and sell it to Oromos, but not provide them with something quality. Um, I know that there is another group that's coming out from Minnesota that are doing more like a streetwear style. Um, I think it's Oromo Comedy. Um, they're also producing some really cool Oromo stuff. Um, those are the ones that I've seen so far that I'm like super excited to see. There, there are upcoming Oromo brands that are doing very well. Um, I just hope that they, they put on um, a little bit more taught on like quality work and like quality fabric because I think that's what we deserve as a normal. Um, so there is, there isn't, 
high quality designs that I've seen so far that could be like high fashion normal wear. And I think that's why I, I come in. I think it's my stuff is a little bit more in the, in the high end of normal wear. Um, inshallah, and I get to stick around in that in that field. Um, in terms of like an Oromia, um, I've seen some work and I have, <laughs> Oromia has been quite interesting because uh, there are individuals from Minnesota, I believe, who are, who are taking my work personally and duplicating it. That's also another issue that I'm seeing is stealing other Oromo artists. You can take, you, you know, take, you can get an inspiration, but it's definitely, there's tons of my work that's been duplicated. So not finding a way to market myself the right way. I think those are the areas that I'm lacking myself. But um, yeah, I've, got, I've had clients in, in Europe, but then I've sent a couple of my stuff in Australia. Um, I've had quite a few girls. If you see guys seeing most of the Australian weddings, um, I've made quite a few dresses that I've shipped over there. Um, yeah, overall, it's been... It's been great. Um, in the future, inshallah, my plan is to um, do a show in Oromia, um, especially in my city of Infine. Uh, the current political climate kind of makes me a little worry. I don't think we're ready for celebration at the moment. But when we do, I, um, I plan on I plan on going back home and showcasing our, our our like oromo wear and and more of in a high quality um because i know um i've have quite a few people who've reached out to me from oromia who want me to uh put some uh clothing for them um i was actually approached to do some of the outfits for takala uma but unfortunately, it was such a short notice, there was no way for me to design for him. So the outfit you guys saw, what Takala was wearing, was from one of my drawings. And I think they found somebody to do it for him. And I think, unfortunately, this is the sad part, um, it was an Amara person that did that for him. Because um, by the time I got the, the notification, I only had about two weeks um, but the, 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 after the talk we had with the gentleman and I kind of showed him some of my sketches, maybe one day I'll put it on Facebook. Um, they were able to choose one of that style and they kind of duplicated. So the one you guys saw with Takala Uma was wearing, it was definitely taken from my drawing and somebody executed, but mine would have looked better in my opinion. Uh, but yeah, so there are definitely some talks possibly doing it back home, but everything that is cool fashion in, in, in Ethiopia is done by the Ethiopians, right? It's uh, everything, quality work um, or quality fabric. It's not available in normal materials. It's only available in, in, in um, Ethiopian attires, and it's sad to see even some people in Minnesota getting married in those attire. Um, I mean, it's their choice, but um, it's because the, the, the Oromo fabrics are not available in, in high quality uh, material. So, uh, or no one is taking it to next level. I know I've seen quite a few girls currently 
uh, who are designing. Um, they definitely lack in terms of quality, but it's really, really nice to see um, we're putting oral more fashion in, on a map. So that's where I am. And uh, thanks for listening. Um, I hope I was like my thoughts were um, were organized enough and that I wasn't bouncing back and forth. So um, I talked about a little bit of the struggle that I went through and then um, some of the accomplishments that I've done and then what would be coming next. Um, you ladies, I'm open for any questions or comments at this point. Your presentation was excellent. Um, I think you hit on every point that I would have wanted you to speak on. So that that was amazing, and um, just your persistence and your ability to overcome like all of your challenges is so amazing. And I think it truly speaks to um, the nature of Oromo people in general, which is like. Oh, sorry. I don't even think you can hear me that well, but I think it speaks to you know our ability to be resilient regardless of all the obstacles that we're going through, and you're a testament of that. Um, so I applaud you for your ability to, um, to do all these things, especially um, with all of the challenges that you experience. Um, well, I don't really have a question, but I do want to say um, something to Rami. Okay, I just want to say I'm very proud of you, Rami. Um, I've been following all your accomplishments. So... It's fun to watch you grow through your designs and your um, all the fashion shows that you do. Very proud of you, and I'm always supporting you and proud of you. So keep it up. Hi, it's uh, Beef too. Josh, hi Rami. I don't have a question for you, but I just want to say I'm in incredibly touched by your story, your perseverance, and your. Um, just your hard work, because like we were, we're seeing the fruit from all of your hard work, but we were never there for it, like when you were actually doing it. And so for the fact that you were vulnerable enough to share it with us, I'm really incredibly touched by it. Um, and then one thing that you said about networking, that networking is the most powerful tool, and I agree with that. And so um, keep at it. Inshallah, may Allah be with you. And one of these days, those rejection letters will turn into um, acceptance letters. That's just how the greatest creators of our history, that's, those are the challenges that they face. So uh, thanks for sharing your story with us. That's all. I think what you're doing is really amazing, Rami. And I feel like you really just broke a lot of barriers. It's super inspiring. And honestly, like, it's just a great way to, like, to just be like a true example of it doesn't sound it doesn't sound impressive to you now but wait like you know watch watch until I do it and I'll prove it to you type of thing I think that's so cool um I was I don't know if I missed this part but you did say something along the lines of um the lady at the interview saying that she expected you to be a valley girl how did the rest of that interview go I'm just curious <laughs> I first want to say that your story, I love it as far as, you know, the example that you showed to a lot of ladies. And I mean, I personally don't know your line of work, but just hearing your story. Um, my question is, how did you keep going, especially after, you know, 19 rejections? I know that time after time again, um, it would just only disappoint me and start to maybe believe like maybe I should have 
followed my family's dream, um, being in a similar position. And so, you know, I commend you of like all of what you've gone through, like, and it's building and it's working right now. So how did you personally deal with 19 rejections, 19 rejections, especially taking pride in your faith and also the culture and the community and like, as a woman, you know, to represent the line of work than just like any other kind of fashion. Like some other people have said, you know, I followed your posts online, but just hearing you share your story with us, I really appreciated that and your openness and some of the backstory or the summary, I guess, of your journey is really inspiring. Um, You know, like you're such a trailblazer and I think that a lot of, <clears throat> you know, a, a lot of like, <clears throat> excuse me, sorry, um, you know, Oromo women like pursuing different fields probably go through some slightly similar aspects of this, but, um, you know, especially in your field, um, you know, from one perspective, like being the only person that looks like you or has your background and then also the dreams that you have for your career, um, not having a set path for that and having to kind of make that path for yourself is really inspiring as well. Um, also, I'm very glad that you're a Subuntu. It makes me so happy. Um, and so that's also inspiring from that standpoint too, to see somebody um, who's so true to their Oromuma, like really following their passion. Um, and I can't wait to see where that leads. But <laughs> the question I had is, other than going to fashion school, because I know you said that was a big um, game changer for you, what do you think is, like, the best career decision you made? And what's something that, you know, looking back, you wish you could do differently? Hello. Um I don't really have a question, but I was just like, wow, I was just so amazed by your inspiration and the the dedication and the persistence that you went through and you're still going, like, obviously, like, it would be hard, like, I feel like for me, I'll probably be discouraged and just, like, be angry at myself, like, oh, things aren't working out for me, maybe this is not meant to be, da-da-da, but no, like, for you, that's a persistent, like, that's a push, and, like, the fact that you keep going, like, doing a lot, like, I see that, like, that you're helping out the Oromo people and like you're even inspiring me like I'm trying to do things for the Oromo community too as well in Minnesota and like you're definitely like an inspiration like I think I just learned about you this year and like I'm just like wow like someone like you is just like you and Boni love me you guys are like very different people and like you stand out and like the fact that you guys are women too like that's just seems like 10 times better so keep up the great work and just um I support you, give me help, and that's period. <laughs> Hi, I also wanted to say how proud I am of you, Rami, because it is truly inspiring to be able to see firsthand all of the behind the scenes works and efforts that you put into every aspect that you do in life. And you always remain true to yourself and your culture, and it's truly inspiring. I guess something that might be interesting to kind of touch on is going off of your comment of how important networking is. 
what resources you use or plug into to find these different networking events or resources um, that other people could potentially plug into. Okay, um, I don't have a lot to say actually like once I didn't even know like I was in the right group but your story is so inspiring I just like okay I have to hear this because yeah. I <laughs> yeah I because I joined the meeting because like because of what's going on you know in recent days in back home I was like okay let me tune in what's going on you know with the wall group and then when I see the webinar I'm like okay so let me just join the meeting and then when you start like speaking I was really inspired especially I'm in non-profit field I work for non-profit and I have no business being in this meeting but I, you just reminded me of my younger sister who started uh, fashion designing about like nine years ago and then she was so she lived in Maryland and she was like she didn't even go to fashion school she started for she went to school back home she came here and I advised her to pursue like go either going to school or getting an internship but she was like no I'm not gonna do it and she went into like nursing school so it just like this shows how strong you are, how committed you are. Because you know, uh, just I can tell you, like my younger sister quit, like she didn't want to go through all these challenges. So it's just like um, I don't have a lot. Super proud of you. And if you need anything, for example, if you're uh, doing any kind of fashion um, events, and if you need some kind of a sponsor or something maybe i can see like if uh, any way that we can support it uh if we have any budget like sometimes we support local entrepreneurs especially our office here in uh bridgeview illinois so if there's anything that i can do from my side i would be happy to help or if you're doing anything in chicago there is like smaller not like Minnesota, but there is smaller Oromo community here in Chicago. So if you want to come here and introduce your work to the community, I'll be more than happy to help. Uh, also, maybe I will you know, text you. I got married about in 2015, and I had Oromo tired, thank God, not on the main day, but on the, you know, on the third day. It's called months, right? I have the Oromo outfit and I had it shipped from back home so I'll be happy to share that with you and you'll, you'll see what I wore. Um, there was one other message that was sent to us their audio wasn't working um, but they wanted to say that they're really proud to see you and that you inspire them to follow their dreams your story is very touching um, from her point of view I know a lot of us girls can see um, us shown in fashion and your authenticity and how you made how you made sure during your fashion show to showcase Oromo culture. Um, I can't wait to see what the future holds. Um, they're really proud of you as well. Um, one of my questions for you, Rami, well actually I wanted to say one quick thing. Um, so as you were in your presentation, you talked about luck a lot um, <laughs> and I want to combat that by saying I really don't think it was luck for you. It seems like you have been very intentional in your work, um, in your uh, in your craft, in your education, in every aspect of your life. You've been very intentional, very focused, very driven. 
Um, so it hasn't been because of love of luck, but because of all of the hard work that you have put in. Um, so don't undermine yourself by saying that it's luck, girl. It's not luck. Um, so one of the questions that I wanted to ask you is how do you see um, fashion uh, influencing or serving um, as social change? Um, I mean, I think for a long time, I don't know if Oromo people, especially Oromo women, um, were proud to be Oromo, um, but the showcasing of our, our different cultural attires um, has just brought out a different side to us. Um, and then, and then I guess um, I know you talked about your challenges in terms of like um, in school and not being able to find jobs, um, but I would like to hear the challenges that you received from the community specifically. Um, like you said, nursing or becoming a doctor or becoming um, something that just has a lot of money tied to it um, is definitely an area that Oromo girls are encouraged to go in rather than pursuing kind of their dreams. Um, so I, I wanted to hear if you received any resistance or if you didn't, if, uh, if you received support, what did that look like? Oh my God, like, I'm not gonna make this emotional, but like, well, I am. I'm getting choked up because it's it's nice that um, there's a group of women who are supporting each other and Oromo women and Samantha, you're Oromo too, by the way. She eats hulbata with her, with her hand, you guys. That's how amazing she is. But you guys have me teared up. Um, it means a lot. Um, for those of you guys who um, just talked about my career, I would like to also um, say a little about my involvement in our community um, because there was, I, I believe, I believe it was one of somebody said about being active in our remote community. Um, yes, I, Fatuma and I were part of OYA, Romeo Youth Association. So I did, I've always been a volunteer and never held. Um, a prominent position uh, I never ran for an office or anything I never believed in that but I truly did believe in serving my community so I was part of Oya I the one who's uh, the brain behind Oromo Ball I'm sure you guys I don't know if you guys remember um, it was my freshman year in college when I first started Oromo Ball because uh, I thought it would be a fun place for us to get to get dressed and also celebrate our 10th year anniversary at that point um, so I was part of that and I was part of OYA and I'm also one of the few group that started IOYA, OILC, Oromo Youth Leadership Conference. I was the girl that was making tea and coffee and doing all the runaround. So, um, Joe is a, a very good friend of mine, um, from IOYA. I went and moved on to Oromo community, um, again, like as a volunteer. I've been involved in normal community since I was age 16, and I'm a 33-year-old, so almost 15 years in our remote community. I'm serving and just to be representative, to represent the normal voice, uh, normal women voice, to be honest, because I hate to say this, but we do have a very misogynist culture. I said it. Um, so we always have to be in front of our women and reminding them. I feel like sometimes they use us as a prop, which I have huge problem with, um, in, including some of our, our religious leaders who use Islam as a weapon to attack Oromo women. 
there was one the other day talking about your job is to stay home and be and then become a mother of a doctor Ugh, some bullshit anyways um, so I've always been in a remote community uh, as a member because I don't like to be in a, a place and yeah I don't like them I don't usually like public um, talk but I I like to work behind the scene and I've done it and I am also a proud member of um, I'm actually one of the founder of OMN so I know I think it was Zabiba that was concerned about what's going on back home. Um, I talked to Jawar last night, he's doing good. Uh, we are working on possibly getting him a private security um, because the government is the one that was provide providing his security and those kids no longer work. It's just, they're, they're not two, there are about six of them. So we're just, I, I was in the meeting for the past five hours this, this morning and last night trying to fundraise um, for him to have a security. So Jawar is okay. I talked to him this morning. He's in a good spirit. Now, going back to um, you guys' question, uh, Fatuma, Abiftu, Jolly, thank you so much for the kind words. Um, Jolly asked, how did that interview go with the lady that asked me, the Valley Girl? Well, that interview went well. I mean, uh, Again, like her face and her attitude was not that was not the same as when I spoke to her over the phone. Funny you mentioned that because her, yeah, I didn't get the job, but that um, this past March, which is a year after I got denied, I was invited to um, women's. Um, they had a dinner for like a. Um, it was like Women's Month, Women's Appreciation Month or Women's Month or something like that in March and Women's Day. They had a dinner celebrating the 50 influential women in Minnesota. And I was uh, one of the people that got invited. And the CEO of that company, the lady was sitting in front of me. And one of the things uh, we were doing when um, introducing ourselves was who you are, what challenges are you've been facing as a woman. So I did tell the, the people that, you know, I'm Rami, I'm a designer, I'm having a hard time finding a job. And um, I pointed out to her and I said, your, your company is actually one of them that denied me that uh, job. So I did get a chance to speak to the CEO of that company, which happened to be a woman. So that's how that interview went. So I obviously did not get the job. Um, when how we ask, um, how did I get over the rejection? Listen, I know I am a walking a pol unfortunately, with and that's not me asking, it's just a current uh political climate. I'm a walking political statement, unfortunately, right? Um, I'm a short black woman with a hijab, an immigrant at that. It's just like four things you do not want to have. I'm a hijabi, I, I stick out like a sore thumb. Um, but I know that if I keep knocking the door, eventually the door is gonna break, right? Um, and lately I have been carrying another burden. I don't think it's a burden. I just didn't think it was my responsibility, but I have uh, 
kind of been wearing it in a proud, it's a cloak, so to speak. I have to represent my faith and for first and foremost, because that's what you see first thing. And 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 as an Oromo woman, I have to fight because there are gonna be more little Ramis coming, a little a little Fatumas and little Biftus and little Chalis are watching us, right? I don't want them to fail. And it was really hard for me to to swallow when Zabiba said her little sister gave up on her dream of becoming a fashion designer. If there was more Ramis ahead of us before, she would have been encouraged. So I hope to be some sort of an example to these little younger generation that are coming that they can literally do anything, even if you have hijab on. You know, I want them to know that the possibilities are endless, but at the same time, this is not rainbows and candies, nice and sweet. We have to work hard. And unfortunately, um, things are not easier for us. And we have to work extra hard in middle school and high school. And I know Fatuma went through this. We have to read extra. We have to study extra. We have to do harder so that the next generation can be okay. But I think that's a good work ethic. We have to know that nothing comes easily. You have, you do have to sacrifice a lot and, and you eventually will get there. And I really do believe in uh, never giving up in your dream because this is my dream. And I might not be making the money that I want to, but I, sh I could do this every single day and I'll be a very happy woman. So um, having a dream and being consistent, nothing comes easy, I guarantee you, and just working very hard um, um, if, you know, I, I don't regret any of the decision I've made, um, in terms of education wise, because my education at the University of Minnesota, I wish I studied, um, I wish, but I don't regret that I did study uh, fashion a little early, uh, but I get that, that was the, uh, the process that I went through as a human being to realize eventually what was important. But when I was at the U, I, um, I met a bunch of people. I learned Afan Romo at, at OSU. I doubt I would have had a chance to meet people like Fatuma have I not gone to the U of M um, or met a bunch of amazing Romo people that I still have, keep friends. Um, I don't regret, but I do wish um, there were resources in our community that focused on art. Um, than the, I know we lack a lot in terms of the educational field, and but I know there's a bunch of resources currently in the um, medical fields, but there's none in the arts. Um, once I get my stuff together, I would love to be a source of um, information for for the young ones who are considering becoming um, becoming like a, a either a fashion designer or a graphic designer. It's it's funny, um, you know. It's it's just it's not only in normal community, but it's also in majority uh, immigrant communities. You 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 hear constantly saying um, the importance of studying in the medical field, uh, becoming a uh, lawyer, a nurse, uh, so and so, uh, but not no not so much in focus in the arts. Um, it's true. It's it's very difficult field. Um, you don't make it right away, um, unlike the other um, 
lucrative um, majors like in the sciences. But it's, it's, uh, it's because you have to be good at your craft. It just takes extra time. Um, currently, there's tons of uh, jobs in terms of in the arts, you know, people who paint, um, people who, who write. Uh, um, so there's definitely rooms that, that could all people can grow in and can participate in the art field. Um, I know um, how we ask what was some of the, the challenges, um, like, or the, the feedback that I've gotten in the community. Oh my God, I don't know where to begin. In the beginning, a lot of people doubted me. And I think a lot of people do. They think it's a joke. They they literally some there are some people in our community that literally say, "Oh, ati, uh, oh, So they say, "No, you just go around these fancy events and you take a picture. You you call this a job." They have no idea what I do, or they never ask me. Or they said, "Fashion, malgut kuchu hotita." They say, are you at the Somali mall? So they don't even, not only do they uh, just spit on you, <laughs> kind of, they just will label you. Like you, the biggest you're going to get is having a store at the Somali mall. It's not in their radar. It's, um, and in terms of my, my community, uh, people always knew that I did fashion. They knew that I have a good taste. So I'll, You'd be amazed the amount of people that have come to me. Um, I do I do a lot of weddings, you guys. I'm sure I have, you have cousins or friends that I've done their weddings. Um, but yeah, they don't take it serious. They don't think this is a job. They think this is a hobby. Um, in terms of my family, it took them a long time. I, and I was lucky enough. I live with my sisters and my sisters are my, my inspiration. Um, some of them have even funded uh, some of my expenses. Uh, that's how well I'm supported in terms of my, my, my sisters. But I think as my family, they were very worried. They said, medical and narcotic, which is the most important thing, right, for a lot of Oromo families. And, um, but after um, seeing some of my aunt eventually gave up on me, but she was just like, Isintisa, just leave her. You know, it's in this Malaka go to listen be no. You know, Yodabde Yodabde Kara Karuma County Galti Sajate, you know, that's what she was saying. So they think that oh she could just eventually go back to her little accounting job and she'd be fine. Um, but I think on my show I literally dedicated to my aunt who brought me to this country and she finally saw it and now she's even willing to uh, contribute um, uh, contribute into my business so it was uh, it took her a long time that she did come around and in my experience I've gotten very very good like good feedback but overall uh, whenever I meet Oromo men especially they just don't get it they're like oh you know you won't get money where do you get money oh you only as if like Oromo women are not gonna purchase so those are the things um, that I've gotten from the community. Um, how do you see fashion serving and and like 
contributing to, to the hormonal struggle, kind of. Um, believe it or not, I think your sense of identity, right? Like, um, for example, the when I studied art, like I said, I went to fashion school, so we it's an art school. We learn about art in general, and you when you study art, uh, unfortunately, the most available art or the most documented art um, in history is the Romans, and as well as like just like the European art in general, and how the Europeans depicted themselves was not only through um, through paintings. They went through, because of their clothing, you know, uh, recession at, at, the, at the hardest time when people were not making money, um, uh, like uh, Queen Antoinette, for example, uh, you know, how, how well her clothes was designed um, said a lot about the timing and that was depicted very well. And same thing with the normal culture, to be honest. At the most lowest time, like at the worst time for us as Oromos, um, you barely saw any of our art, right? So our art showed through case through oral, but recently, I uh, think the past maybe 15 years, it's growing. It's it's cool to be Oromo. So you've seen uh, uh, clothing from Hajalu's performances, even um, uh, in you, Abu Salah, like how the one culture that was kind of forgotten was the Borana culture. He put it on the map. Now you do not see a single gathering without one of Oromo men, doesn't matter where region you're from, wearing the the traditional Borana attire representing Abagada. And same thing with the female. Uh, we went through a period here, even in Minnesota. I was lucky enough, one of my very good friend Afrasi, who is um, half Borana, who introduced to me to Guntina. I was sick and tired of wearing Diria, and I said, Arfu, show me how to do Guntina. And I would do Guntina, and I started almost 16 years ago, you guys, and now you see Guntina everywhere. It's because, you know, one or two people show it. It's also, it's a conscious thing, right? We're, we're constantly uh, promoting oral culture. We're constantly doing it. So it's, it's playing. Even though you're not active in a oral community, you're not doing for anything subconsciously without knowing when you're going to a wedding, when you're going to uh, like a traditional wedding, you just don't grab a normal dressing go. You're like, oh, today's Ada day, today's men's or Aruzbaha, and you would say, I'm going to wear sedate, I'm going to wear wendapo. So it's literally without us knowing, we, we are rewriting our history. Our, um, our, we're showcasing um, our time and it's, it's called zeitgeist, you know, it's the, the time. We're really celebrating this time. So I definitely, definitely know that fashion is playing a huge role. Even from Takala Uma, right? He's a Finfine uh, mayor. And for him to step out in that design, set a tone. And now that's just, uh, you know, that's nonverbal, uh, um, like cues that shows you the pride that he showed. The fact that he, you know, he was holding a traditional stick that tells you, you know, back in the days, it was the laughter. They say gala and their stick, right? Um, just to make fun of us. The fact that he took a center stage wearing an oral inspired attire and holding a stick. That right there 
that's communicating through fashion. I think fashion is going to continue to play a big role. And I am hoping and praying Jar is going to run for the prime, you know, for prime minister chair and he's going to win. And we're going to have an opportunity to showcase how proud we are of Wormo. Even that, hate to mention his name, uh, Abby himself, when he came here in the Twin Cities, he was wearing a suit, not just any suit, a suit with Oromo traditional colors. So that also shows you how much influence the Minnesota community had that he somehow needed to represent the Oromo colors. Um, and I guess the other thing, um, over the some of the question oh Sam asked me what are some of the resourcing or what what's important about networking um guys I've gotten where I've gotten because of the networking that I've done I have I uh, kept in touch with people on social media I have gone to anytime there's in a fashion event I make sure I go not just for a good time but you never know who you meet I have a chance and opportunity to sit next to other people uh, who have huge influence over fashion, why I had no clue who they were. But because they've seen me so much, they got familiar with me. Uh, we became friends on social media. Um, I exchanged numbers. I, I would go and support other people's events. One thing led to another, just you know, networking after networking. I'm not where I wanna be you know, uh, by any means, but I, a lot of, lot of doors open for me because I put on the work and I wouldn't go to these networking events. Because if you're, there we have lots of people who graduated with us with fashion design and Samantha knows that too. And half of those kids are way talented than I am, but they did not put the legwork. I am putting myself out there because I have no choice. And I love what I do but I know I need to put on work. And that's exactly what I did. It was just put myself out there, um, network as much as you can. So it doesn't matter what field you're in. It's very, very, very important that you, you uh, network in your field. Um, I think Zabiba, thank you so much for the kind work. Um, I've never thought of possibly doing a show in, in, in uh, Chicago. Um, but yeah, I, uh, it's funny because you said Chicago. I uh, One of the things I forgot to mention to you guys, because of the networking opportunity that I had, I was actually, uh, I can comfortably say it now, I was actually one of the people who got, uh, not, uh, who got invited to apply for a TV show. It's like a project runway, but for Amazon Prime. I think it's gonna be featured soon. Uh, I was actually in Chicago doing the audition back in March. Um, I did an audition for Amazon to do like a project runway show. Uh, I made it to top 20. Uh, unfortunately, I did not make it top to 10, but um, I went through rigorous uh, process of interviewing and things like that. I was actually, like I said, I was really putting, um, I got that opportunity because of a networking experience. I met a lady who knew that I was a designer, who then got an email saying, there's an audition open, uh, can you please send us, um, Cup, uh, can you please send us the top two designers from Minnesota? And guess whose name she put on? It was me. 
So I was in Chicago, did an audition, and I made it to top 20. And that was a big accomplishment. Uh, it's for an, um, Heidi Klum and uh, Tim Gunn actually left uh, Project Runway, and they're starting their own on Amazon. Uh, I think it's on Amazon Prime. It'll be, I'm sure it's going to come on soon. Uh, they finished taping about a month ago, I think. So I made it top, top 20. It was a big deal. So I got that opportunity because of networking. So I say in every single field you guys are in, I highly recommend that to go to every single networking event in your field. Just be consistent. Let them see you. Eventually, they're going to say, who is that girl? What does she do? Oh, you know, they get to know you. And trust me, when another opportunity comes up, you'll be the first one they will they'll keep in mind because you're all you're consistent, you're so con, con, you know, consistently there. Uh, I know it's almost 7:30, and I hope I answered everyone's um question. I think yeah, I think you did answer everybody's questions that um that were brought up. But again, I really wanna say thank you for um, joining us uh, and being willing to do this webinar. Um, as you were talking about like the different cultural attires that like Oromo people wear in general mm -hmm. and you were naming them, I'm like, I don't even know what those are, you know, so I could, I could definitely see you doing another webinar talking about different cultural um, attires based off of our regions, um, just because the education for that is just not present, nor is it, you know, available unless you're an individual who's willing to do the research. Um, but I, I could totally see you doing that again. Um, but outside of that, I really want to say thank you. You are definitely a testament of success within our community. I, again, would just want to echo, like, continue to push through it as you are already pushing through it. Um, I think one of the biggest things that I've been learning in my program is about intelligence and how um, success has nothing to do with like this idea of intelligence in terms of like being book smart and in, in terms of like being able to to um, be able to overcome certain things like math or writing or whatever, but it's more really about grit and persistence and um, just willing to endure um, whatever is whatever is out there to be successful and you just embody it so well um, and I'm so proud to you know know you and to say that you're like my Oromo sister you're amazing um, and so I think that concludes our webinar I don't know if you have any last minute words you want to say um, I just wanted to say thank you for joining me um, I, I am uh, usually nervous when it comes to like um videos and like talks but i had a great time and and i needed uh it's been a quite a challenge week for me and just hearing these nice words from you ladies definitely inspired me and definitely charged me up um to even do more and push more so i do appreciate you and howie you're so sweet thank you so much i i had a great time Perfect. I'm glad you did. Um, for those of you who are still remaining on our webinar for today, um, again, we do these webinars on a monthly basis. Next month, we will be having 
um, the beautiful Johara Mohammed, and she'll be talking about mental health within the Oromo community. Um, if you're interested in that, please join us. Uh, we'll have our flyers and event information out soon. Um, and if you're an individual who feels like um, there's a certain area that is missing in the Oromo community that you are very well versed in or educated in, um, have training in and want to contribute um, through our webinars, please feel free to reach out to me or um, contact us via social media. We're available on Facebook, Instagram, via email, Twitter, Snapchat, all of it. Um, we're available. And um, oh, I, I will say that um, this uh, webinar today is, has been recorded, um, audio recorded, and we will post it um, later on as a podcast. Hopefully that podcast will be available um, in the next week or two. So if you missed out um, of, from any part of this um, discussion today, you are able to review it again. Or if you think that there's an Oromo girl in the community who would benefit from Rami's story, um, you can also share it with them. Um, again, thank you all so much for joining us. I truly, truly appreciate it on behalf of all of the OBLAT staff. Um, and Rami, thank you so much for sharing your powerful message with us. No, oh, it was my pleasure. I hope you ladies have a great night. Thank you for joining us on our monthly podcast. If you're interested in learning more about this topic or are interested in leading a conversation, please contact us on our social media outlets. Our handles are at Opolete on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and Snapchat. You can also contact us via our email or our website, which is opolete.org. Again, thank you for joining us and we hope to see you on our next podcast.